0: the truth news network where the truth
1: is relative all truths are equal yet some truths are more equal than others congratulations you found the right truths this is tnn the truth news network and for your daily dose of fact here's dan newman
0: You know, I'm not yet quite sure. I understand exactly what Pete Moss was talking about when he said one truth is equal, another one's not. I don't understand that. Let me just tell you this. I believe truth lives in a vacuum. Something's either truthful or it's a lie, plain and simple. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of TNN Live. We have a big show for you today. We've got a bunch of things to get into here in our first hour, and at the top of hour number two joining us live will be Republican Con- Congressman Mike Johnson from the 4th Congressional District in Louisiana, and I don't need to tell you, we have a lot of things we got to talk about with the congressman, the finals from the election, and all of the craziness going on after the election, former President Trump formally announcing he's going to run for the 2024 presidential nomination of the Republican Party. And I know Congressman Johnson is very close to Mr. Trump, and he'll have a lot to say about that. And then there are some little bitty things down in the weeds I want to get into with the congressman, and we'll do that. Um, One of those things is what's going on in the House of Representatives now when they're bringing people like Alejandro Mayorkas, Homeland Security uh, Secretary, in for a, a a routing. Also, Christopher Wray, FBI director, has been in there. So even though the Republicans have not formally become the majority in the House of Representatives, by election they are, and they will assume power in early January, and they're just kind of teeing it up a little bit early, bringing in some of these witnesses and letting those witnesses understand, hey, there's a new sheriff in town, and we're not talking about the president. We're talking about the U.S. House of Representatives, the house of government that answers directly to and represents totally the people in their districts that elect them to go to Washington, D.C. And boy, is that going to be a revelation when finally, finally, bureaucrats in government, and by the way, elected members of our government, realize there's somebody in D.C. that's back again. They left four years ago because we sent them packing by mistake. And we dumped Trump and elected Joe Biden. And what we've gotten for two years, half of his presidency, is nothing but chaos and trouble. And the House of Representatives, under House leadership, are going to do their best to get this straightened out. Only so much you can do when the president's a Democrat and the Senate is controlled by Democrats, but you still got to go. You still got to give it all you can. I mean, you represent the people and that doesn't mean it's always going to go comfortable, right? It's not. So what is your situation in mind about this election? And about what's going on now, let me tell you about mine. Having learned nothing, nothing from their losses in the midterms, Senate Republicans, guess what they're up to? They're preparing to sell out their votes by working with their Democrat colleagues to alter the definition of marriage. And they're doing it under federal law. And they plan to have it done by the end of this week. Monday, a bipartisan group of senators, bipartisan means some Democrats, some Republicans, they announced, hey, y'all, we've reached an agreement on adding an amendment to the deceptively named Respect for Marriage Act. And they claim that that amendment would both codify same-sex marriage into federal law and protect Americans' religious liberties and diverse beliefs. That's what they say. Under the proposed legislation, we did a little deep dive, and we found out that states would be legally prevented from denying, quote, full faith and credit to any public act, record, or judicial proceeding with respect to marriages between individuals based on sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin. The Democrat-controlled House had previously passed an earlier version of the bill this year with the help of 47 Republicans. If Congress successfully passes this bill and it goes to Joe Biden to sign and he signs it into law, it would allow left-wing activists to use the legal system to harass religious Americans and institutions for just exercising their God-given rights. As the Family Heritage Alliance noted, the bill would require federal recognition of any one state's definition of marriage without any parameters, including open marriages and marriages involving a minor or a relative, and any other new definition of marriage that a state chooses to adopt could be recognized federally. Organizations like the Colson Center have highlighted the dangers of this legislation, specifically the door it leaves open for Democrats to codify radical gender theory into federal law. It's the LGBTQ community that is referred to throughout this bill. That means that if it passes, marriage will become a genderless institution by force of law— This will harm children and further confuse reality. In essence, if this bill passes the Respect for Marriage Act, it'll open the floodgates for leftists to wage another war an all-out legal assault against any American for obeying the word of God and refusing to bow to their rainbow-everything agenda. Since the U.S. Supreme Court's 2015 Obergfell v. Hodges decision, if you'll remember that overturned marriage laws in a bunch of states and redefined marriage by judicial decree, LGBT activists since have used the legal system to target religious Americans and institutions across the country about sexuality and so-called gender issues. One of the most prominent cases in recent years is that of Jack Phillips, a Colorado cake artist. Remember him? He was taken to court because he refused to make a custom wedding cake for a same-sex wedding. Although the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Phillips in 2018, the Colorado baker has since found himself in court once again, this time for refusing to make a cake, quote, celebrating transgenderism this new law would make him make that cake. Other examples of targeted assaults against people in institutions of faith over LGBT matters include the Biden administration's directing religious schools to allow individuals to use their preferred dormitories and shared shower spaces, multiple lawsuits against Christian wedding vendors, and attacks on faith-based adoption agencies. The Republican senators partnering with Democrats on the amendment are putting in different spins on it, like the Respect for Marriage Act is a needed step to provide millions of loving couples in same-sex and interracial marriages the certainty they will continue to enjoy the freedoms, the rights, responsibilities afforded to all other marriages, so said retiring Ohio GOP Senator Rob Portman in a statement. We look forward to this legislation coming to the floor and are confident this amendment has helped earn the broad bipartisan support needed to pass our common sense legislation into law. On top of that, Portman, other senators involved in the negotiations, included Democrats Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, as well as Republicans Tom Tillis of North Carolina, and of course, Susan Collins up in Maine. Upon the announcement of this newly proposed amendment, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer filed a motion for the upper chamber to hold the procedural vote on the legislation this week, with it expected to take place today. that's according to CBS News. If successful, And clearing the 60-vote threshold, the measure would move to final passage, would then need to be passed by the House once again before going to President Joe Biden's desk for signature. So who are these Republican senators that have joined up? Well, Mitt Romney of Utah, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. No surprise, three of the most liberal senators that bear that R behind their name. Mitt Romney, Ron Johnson not so much, Lisa Murkowski. I would reach out, if I was you, I would reach out to your member of Congress, both your state, the ones that represent the state, your U.S. senators, and then whoever represents you in your district in the House of Representatives. Make your voices know. If we don't, there's all kinds of assumptions that take place. And you know what the word assume means? If you assume, all assume means it makes an ass out of you and out of me. So a lot of you have just joined in. We cannot not talk about What happened yesterday evening, former president Trump. I know you've heard this. He announced he's running for the 2024 GOP nomination for president, seeking to stage a dramatic return to the white house. And it would be a very dramatic one because he lost his bid for reelection to Joe Biden back in 2020. Trump is a Republican and he is the leader of the Make America Great Again movement, MAGA. That's where that came from. He announced his third presidential bid, and he did so from Mar-a-Lago, his home in Florida, after having teased that bid since he left office back in 2021. He said, in order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. But just as I promised in 2016, I am your voice. I am your voice. The Washington establishment wants to silence us, but we will not let them do that. What we have built together over the past six years is the greatest movement in history because it is not about politics. It's about our love for this great country, America. And we're not going to let it fail, he said. He continued. I am running because I believe the The world has not yet seen the true glory of what this nation can be. We've not reached the pinnacle, believe it or not, he said, blaming President Biden for the current state of the nation. In fact, we can go very far. We're going to have to go far first. We have to get out of this ditch. And once we're out, you'll see things that nobody imagined for any country. It's called the United States of America and it's an incredible place. Since he lost, he's challenged the legitimacy of the 2020 election results, repeatedly claiming the race was rigged due to the COVID pandemic era process of mail-in ballots. Trump claimed the election was stolen and his legal team filed a slew of lawsuits in battleground states across the nation. Now, Let me just tell you this. I'm going to clue you in on the bureaucracy when we talk about the media and the unelected people that are in the government. That last sentence is a quote from Fox News. I left out one word from the Fox News report. Trump falsely claimed the election was stolen. The word uh, falsely, falsely, Listen closely to what I'm about to tell you. That word in the context of this story is purely opinion by an editor. And I'm sure it went to a senior editor. I'm sure there is a policy now at Fox News to keep from getting pulled down into the weeds of even possible litigation. They put it out there. Any claims of The 2020 election being stolen, if you're going to report on it, you must say false claims or Trump falsely claimed the election was stolen. Was the election stolen? You know what? I don't know. But you want me to tell you something else? The people that made whoever penned this story include that word falsely, they don't know either. We may never know. Trump's announcement came one week after the midterms, and I don't even want to get back into the midterms now. I just got a text from Mike Johnson. Let's see what he has to say. He sent me a text, an article. Hang on just a second. Republican Louisiana Congressman Steve Scalise and Mike Johnson will be among the leaders at the seat of power in the next GOP-controlled House after securing wins from their delegation. Scalise, he represents the first congressional district down in New Orleans. I'm sure you know that. He will be the majority leader in Congress, second only to the House Speaker, who will likely be Kevin McCarthy of California. Scalise will be the highest-ranking House member from Louisiana since Hale Boggs. Remember him? He was majority leader in the early 70s. Republicans are poised to flip the House from Democratic control with a thin majority, though the winning margin for Republicans was a disappointment. Yada, 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 da. Okay, Uh, let me read on. Here we go with Mike Johnson. Johnson, who represents the 4th Congressional District, kept his current job as vice chairman of the Republican Conference, or caucus if you want to call it that. Here's what Mike said. The American people have turned to House Republicans in the 118th Congress to lead on principle and produce results. And I'm truly humbled and grateful to see my colleagues for putting their faith in me to help direct that effort with a second term as vice chairman of House Republicans. These are fateful days, he said, for our great nation. Now is the time for us to speak and to lead with clarity and conviction. By God's grace and by standing together, we will succeed. Interesting. That's a great position. And he has a finger on pretty much every even pending piece of legislation out there. And you, if you do any uh, YouTube watching of anything that happens in Congress, why don't you do this? In the search up there, if you haven't done this, in the search bar, put Congressman Mike Johnson. And a bunch of videos will pop up. And follow him. You will see YouTube videos. Most of them are in the Congress. And you'll see how Mike Johnson handles himself in pretty much any kind of situation. He's never timid, he's never shy, and he goes straight for the jugular. And I gotta be honest with you, I know him personally. He's a friend, and I would say a good friend. And we've had broken bread together, and we've sat across tables, and we've laughed, and then I've looked at him, and I've disagreed with some of the stuff he believes in in the past, and he has initiated, or things that he has said, And every time that happens, you know what? He's my representative. I tell him about it. And sometimes, and this is one thing that I think is the way all Americans need to begin to live their lives if they're not already. Sometimes it's okay to disagree with somebody when you sit down and try to convince them to come to your way of thinking and they refuse. It's okay to get up and walk away. And don't give up a friend just because they disagree with an opinion you have and you disagree with their opinion. That's the way human beings are supposed to function. Instead of saying this, there's only one way to believe on this. And quite honestly, there are a few things that's true, but it's very few. Very few things are absolute. You want to know which things are? I'm just going to do something that gives me the First Amendment, gives me the right to do, and being a Christian gives me the responsibility to do. Go to the Word of God. Go to the Bible. And let me give you a... and, 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 And this is my opinion, but it works pretty well, I can tell you, because I've done it before. Get a Bible and get the... Uh, there there are dozens of different versions or whatever. But the one that makes the most sense and is closer to the King James Version than any other one that I know of is the new amplified version. Get that and get the one that has red letters, it's called a red letter edition, and they color the words that Jesus spoke in red. The Bible isn't hard to read if you do it in the right frame of mind. My suggestion, start with the New Testament and read all the red letter things that you see. Because Jesus said it's not somebody's opinion. <laughs> I mean, that's a way to go. That's how you need to start and then use the perspectives that you gain there. Use those in your life as you deal with other people, as you deal with circumstances, It's a good thing to do, I promise you. And pretty much, you will always come out on top. Now, let me just say this. I suggest that you don't get into an argument with God. You know why? He's going to win. Papa John is
2: not interested in quality. He's obsessed with it. Because Papa John's
3: a pizza maker. It's what he does. That's why you've got Papa's Quality Guarantee, signed by the man himself. Love your pizza, or we'll deliver
4: another absolutely free. It's my guarantee. Better ingredients, better pizza,
2: Papa John's. And right now, save 25% when you spend 25 pounds or more online.
4: I'm Chad Hall, and I'm here with the first ever Silverado ZR2. This is probably the first time you've seen this truck, but I've been racing a prototype version for over a year. Which just inspired this pre-production truck you see behind me. Let's go see what it'll do.
5: Can I do the same or... Copy.
4: It's got phenomenal power, acceleration, good ground clearance, skid protection, and you've got the Multimatic DSSV shocks. So it's just going to be that much more of a fun truck. Copy.
6: It's
4: an amazing truck, you're going to want to get your hands on a watch. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto & Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So, if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342, 529-8342.
1: In a world of weapons-grade stupidity, your defense is the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network.
0: There's a story that I'm going to bring up with Congressman Mike Johnson. And it came out over the weekend. House Democrats, House Democrats, now keep that in mind, they're planning to block former President Trump from running in the 2024 presidential election. How are they going to do it? Listen closely. They're going to invoke a constitutional amendment. Who put this all together and who's talking it up? It begins with Democrat Rhode Island representative David Cicilline. He circulated a letter among other House Democrats urging them to back a piece of legislation that he plans to uh, present to the House. It will invoke the 14th Amendment, and they're doing that to try to stop Trump from running in the 2024 election. So what are they saying about it? Well, they're telling all of us that his challenge to the 2020 election and actions preceding the January 6th Capitol riots make him ineligible. Now, the 14th Amendment bars anybody who is engaged in a, and I'm quoting, insurrection or rebellion from holding certain public offices, including the presidency. Here's what it says. No person shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the the same or give an aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. The disability would be the person that they're trying to remove from office. And all this began after the protest at the Capitol on January 6th. Trump is adamantly denied a part in instigating the event, and by the way, there's no evidence that proves that the January 6th committee, try as they have. They couldn't come up with anything that even gets close to, quote-unquote, insurrection by Trump. Trump was subpoenaed to testify before their committee in October. Though he never testified, he filed a lawsuit to prevent his appearances before the committee. The legislation details testimony and evidence demonstrating how Donald Trump engaged an insurrection against the U.S. That came from David Cicilline. This one's another one that I want to talk to Congressman Johnson about when he gets here in our second hour. If you just joined us, he will be here straight up 10 o'clock. And uh, I'm going to try. I've got so many things, so many things that I want to ask him and get him to weigh in on. And just to be honest with you, I uh, I personally think some of them he's going to say, I really can't get into that yet. And I get it. I understand it. Usually we talk before we go live on the air, and both of us have been unable to get together. So this is going to be fly by the seat of your pants. You're going to love this one. Straight up 10 o'clock. Democrats, Democrats, you know why they marshaled that mail-in voting strategy It all came back. They pointed to, remember COVID-19? Oh, it's too dangerous for people to get out and and vote in person. We've got to take care of them. Make sure everybody gets to vote. And the only way to do that is mail-in balloting. Well, let me tell you what. They have perfected, Democrats have perfected that, and they did it diligently. And you know where they instituted it? in the greatest way in the midterm election, Pennsylvania. The Democrats' strategy of using these mail-in ballots to vote, it was pivotal in the election results. Pennsylvania Republicans are talking amongst themselves about how to react to the next election. Here we go. Everybody's going to find the best way to get things their way. And if we end up going to mail-in voting... And there are no intelligence secrecy implementation in these mail-in ballots, and they're uh, sending out, returning them. Democrats will win every election going forward. So what's going on in Pennsylvania? Well, they won't even they won't even talk about it. The Democrats there, according to the Pennsylvania Department of State listen to this, 1.4 million voters requested mail-in ballots statewide. Of those, 986,540, that's 69%, were registered Democrats. 303,000 or 21% were Republicans. The rest, independents like me. In 60 of Pennsylvania's 67 counties, half or more Of the requested mail-in ballots were for Democrats. In all counties, less than half of the mail-in ballot request came from Republicans, and often far less. In 29 counties, 29% or fewer of the mail-in ballots requested went to Republicans. So when you look at individual Pennsylvania counties, the disproportionate use of mail-in ballots by party is clear. Here's an example. Philadelphia, Philadelphia County, 165,980 mail-in ballots were requested. And of those, 86% went to Democrats, just 5% to Republicans. Now, that may not be surprising in a majority Democrat county like Philadelphia. There are 808,000 registered Democrats, just 121,000 Republicans are registered. Or in Democrat-majority Allegheny County, which received 190,000 requests for mail-in ballots, 76% which were Democrats, and only 15% were Republican. What's more surprising, even more than what you just heard, in majority Republican counties like Washington County, where 68% of requested mail-in ballots went to Democrats, just 23% to Republicans, or Lancaster County, where Democrats requested 58% of the mail-in ballots, Republicans requested 29%. The rest of the requests in each of these examples were from independents. Now, what are we saying here? What are we teaching here? Listen, if they, the Democrats, want to open the door to mail-in balloting, and we, as the people, can put in security measures regarding sending mail-in ballots out, that they only go to registered voters, only to registered voters, and we've got to be able to be assured that they're only going to registered voters. And then we have to have measures in the ballots themselves that when they're signed and returned, there's got to be a verification process that can't be cheated with to verify when they come back in it was actually a vote that was cast by the registered voter. And there's got to be proof. And even if the proof is a certification of sometimes signed with witnesses and every one of them understand, this would take a state law in all 50 states. And the way that law needs to be structured is so that everybody that's involved in one ballot, that ballot, everybody that touches it, has a liability attached to it that is verifiable, and if there's cheating on any one single ballot or a million ballots, there has to be egregious penalties for everybody involved in that, and they need to be held accountable. You know what? The Democrats got to jump on that exact process. They worked in Pennsylvania. They worked really hard, and look what it did. It gave us probably the most feckless U.S. Senator that's ever served in Congress. Fetterman, John Fetterman. We have yet to know exactly how in the tank he's going to be for everything that Chuck Schumer puts out there in the way of litigation and legislation. And he's going to be a straight line Senate vote. And that's pretty much what Democrats in Pennsylvania knew was going to happen that when he gets to Washington, D.C., he will be very, very easily manipulated by Democrats in leadership, and he won't ever stand up and do anything controversial to the Democrats, just like they feel about all these immigrants that are coming across the southern border. That's another thing we'll try to Get Mike Johnson, Congressman Johnson, at the top of the hour if he has time to talk to us about. So we know what's going to happen in the House. House Speaker Pelosi, she's toast. Now, she always wins re-election to her seat from San Francisco as a representative. Rumors are out there that because she's losing the House speakership, she may resign from office. Okay. Okay. What does that mean to you, Dan? I got to be honest with you. I kind of like having her around. It's somebody we can throw rocks at, <laughs> and she is uh, she's not nearly um, as challenged as is the president when it comes to things they say. She says things often off the cuff that get her in a bit of a tiff. And who will ever forget her tearing up the speech? the State of the Union speech, her copy at the end of Donald Trump delivering it. That's one for the ages. People 20, 30, 40, 50, even maybe 100 years from now are going to have that picture in a folder somewhere that they'll refer to and teach to elementary students, I hope. But what about on the other side, on the Senate side? What's going on there? Well, Republicans are praying that Herschel Walker can win that seat in Georgia in the December 6 runoff against Raphael Warnock, the incumbent. If Herschel wins, the Senate will be in the exact same position it's been for the last couple of years, which is a 50-50 tie. And, of course, they have, the Democrats have, for the next two years, they have the vice president, who is the ad hoc president of the Senate. She, Kamala Harris- cast all votes on a 50-50 tie to break that. And so they'll, they'll technically have power, but it will be just like it's been for the last two years, much, much closer. And with the House being controlled by Republicans, we're going to see some big, really big changes because they're going to do everything possible to stymie legislation and executive actions taken by Joe Biden. He's the guy, I remember, just like Obama, I got a phone, I got a pen. I don't need to get together with my political opponents. We with this pen and this phone, we can get everything done that we need to get done. We live in that world, folks. We need to recognize that's where we live today and there's no utopia there is no oh my gosh everything is cool and okay and we're just doing really really well and we've got we've got consensus with our fellow members of the house and the senate we just get along and work together well that is long ago it's gone and now what we've got to do we've got to be able to piece it back together where we can have real honest discussions, we can listen to opposition, listen to what all people have to say on something important for the American people, and then they need to listen to us. And we need to do our best to find consensus knowing that sometimes consensus is going to be we're just going to have to agree to disagree. We don't need to kill each other when there's disagreement every time. Now we have, who was the epitome to me of a hardcore sycophant as Secretary of Homeland Security, i am I talking about, you know, Alejandro Mayorkas. And our southern border is, it's become a quagmire of conflict. I mean, nothing's going right. Nothing is going right at the southern border. And they're just letting anybody and everybody come in that wants to come in. And so everybody that wants to come in <laughs> is is coming in, right? Well, Mr. Mayorkas, he was in the House yesterday giving House members an update on how great it is down at the southern border. Representative Clay Higgins, you may remember him, he was a longtime sheriff of St. Landry Parish in South Louisiana. Now, where in the heck is St. Landry Parish? Well, if you know Louisiana, I-49 goes from Shreveport all the way down to New Orleans. It kind of crosses diagonally across the state. And Opelousas is a town about 150, 160 miles south of Shreveport. And it's the place where a lot of people hang a, hang a left when they get to that spot in Opelousas, it's kind of a back roads way to go to Baton Rouge from there. But that's Opelousas. St. Saint La- Saint Landry Parish is right there. And Higgins is what we call here a cunass, And that's not a derogatory term. If you happen to be a cunass from South Louisiana, and I'm from 20 miles from Opelousas, so I can call him that. Form- former sheriff. He's now a member of Congress, and he confronted Alejandro Mayorkas yesterday.
6: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, a major threat to our homeland is clearly the arterial bleed at our southern border and the disintegration of our sovereignty down there. And a top threat to individual rights and freedoms for Americans from sea to shining sea, Mr. Ray, is the weaponization of the FBI, against the American citizens that you've sworn to serve. Secretary Mayorkas, for the record, are you aware or have you authorized CBP agents to release illegal aliens into America without identifying, screening, or vetting them properly, or harvesting even basic biometric data like fingerprints? Uh,
3: Congressman, um, our nation's uh, sovereignty stands strong and our brave men and women in, in the Border Patrol and throughout U.S. Customs. Are you aware
6: or have you authorized CBP agents early, to release illegal aliens into America without having properly vetted, identified them, or collected at least basic biometric data like fingerprints? Congressman. I mean, you uh, got millions coming across.
1: Uh,
3: Congressman,
6: our. Uh, uh, uh Ms. Higgins, allow the secretary to it's answer. It's my time, this. Mr. Chairman. It, if I want to reclaim well, my time, I will. Uh, well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to move on without an answer. Mr. Chairman, are Mr. you asking to be, for me to yield you time? No, you, you, I'm the chair. Then I'm going to reclaim my no, time. You, look, we don't. Moving on, no, Secretary no, look, Mayorkas. The gentleman from. Are you interrupting my time, Mr. Chairman? Uh, or are you no, requesting me I'm to trying, yield you I'm time? I'm trying to make sure that we conduct. You're interfering with my five minutes, Mr. Chairman. Well, then the gentleman will... If you request me to yield you time, I'll give you time. No, but that's not the procedure. But that is the procedure. It it is
3: not. Yes, it
6: is. Of course it is. Look, I I reclaim my
0: time, and I I want this time back. Wow. Okay. Fireworks yesterday. Uh, That was Clay Higgins, and you get a little bit of uh, the fire in that uh, Cajun... (laughs) Uh, I'll probably get in trouble for using the other uh, moniker that I put on people from South Louisiana a few minutes ago. But nevertheless, Clay Higgins brought up some very salient points. And I got to be honest with you. I have never in my life seen a politician handle himself when he comes before his bosses, the U.S. Congress, as have Alejandro Mayorkas every time he testifies before Congress. He doesn't answer the questions they ask him. And he gets insulted when they try to get some kind of truth out of him. And that's that's just not there. I mean, he wants to talk all around the issues, and the issues are right now, hey, our southern border's not open. It's supposed to be not open. It's supposed to be closed, and it's not closed. And he keeps saying, The border is secure. If it's secure, why is everybody coming over that just wants to come over and nobody's stopping them and when they stop them, nothing happens to them.
1: The Truth. Straight. No chaser. TNN. The Truth News Network.
4: I love going all-natural.
1: It just makes me feel better.
4: Nothing between me and my 100% all-natural, juicy, grass-fed beef.
1: Introducing the all-natural burger. The first ever in
2: fast food. With no antibiotics, no added hormones, and no steroids. Only at Carl's Jr. What are you doing? Should we pick him up? He has Bud Light.
0: He has an axe.
2: But he has Bud Light.
0: And an axe. I'm
2: sure there's a reason for it. Hey, buddy. What's with the axe? It's a... Bottle opener.
1: Hop in! Refreshingly smooth Bud Light. Always worth it. Look, here's
2: Bud Light.
6: In a chainsaw. Mm-hmm.
0: Please forgive me. We had a uh, equipment change overnight last night. I um, have a close friend. He's a really good guy, Eddie Thurman. And Eddie is the engineer for a group of radio stations up in this area. And we've had a brand new console. Uh, we upgrade as much as we can. New technology. I don't need to tell you electronics, they get old really quick. Well, ours was really cutting edge about five years ago. It's no longer cutting edge. So we have begun a process of upgrading a lot of things. And the major one is the brain, the console. And uh, it's brand new. It is online. You may hear a few things that sound a little bit different. Uh, The chief one is, I'm, I'm listening through headphones, of course, and my voice sounds a little bit different. I don't know about you. But anyway, we're going to have a few glitches every once in a while as this 69-year-old quote-unquote engineer handles the show. And coming back in after that break uh, illustrates a little bit of that. So please humor me and uh, forgive me and give me a few breaks for a few more days. That being said, I want to go back to one more little get-together in the house yesterday in uh, that particular committee and it involves a Texas member of the house of representatives Pfluger and he gets into it again with Mayorkas. He does a little better job of getting Mayorkas to speak and give some information, but he still, He's just demanding, as every representative in Congress needs to do when they have witnesses at committee hearings, give us the facts. Uh, Thank you, Madam
4: Chair. So we have the FBI, the National Counterterrorism Center, and the Homeland Security Departments here. The three agencies that have largely been entrusted with the safety and security of uh, every American has entrusted your agencies with their safety and security. And this is your legacy. This is the legacy that you're gonna leave behind. It's already been mentioned today that this year, we have 98 people, and that doesn't include the nine, Secretary Mayorkas, that were reported by your department yesterday in October. So over 100 people have matched the terror watch list. 100 people. That's a 500% increase from the encounters of previous year. And regardless of your testimony today, under oath that your testimony today that our border is secure, Americans can look at the numbers. We can look at the numbers right here and see from 2017 to 2021, and all the way into 2022, fiscal year 22, over 100 people match the terror watch list. All of you have testified today that you're worried about terrorism. Really? And you you see here, the gotaways. And Secretary Mayorkas, you've told me several times under oath that we have operational control of the southern border. And I assume that you maintain that because you testified earlier today. How many of these people match the terror watch list? How many of the 600,000 known gotaways match the terror watch list?
3: Congressman, uh, your your question points to the very reason why we prioritize national security and public safety in our immigration enforcement efforts. Why- Mr. Mr. Secretary, can I reclaim
4: just a minute? I'm gonna reclaim my time. I think that is false. I've been to the southern border and I've talked to your Border Patrol agents. And you know what they tell me? That on any given shift, 70% of them are relegated to administrative duties. They are not in the field doing the national security mission. How many of these 600,000 people can you assure the American people that not a single one of these 600,000 people are a threat to our safety? That they don't match the terror watch list? That they're not part of a criminal or transnational organization?
0: We're waiting. We're waiting, Alejandro. Waiting.
4: That's what your agents have told me personally. So I'm just taking their word for it.
0: Pregnant pause.
4: (laughs) Mayorkas, he
3: speaks. I have the benefit of a vantage point of uh, what the entire border uh, Mm. presents as well as what we are doing about it. One of the things that we've done about the fact that Border Patrol agents we too often Secretary, answer, answer the question. How
4: many of the 600,000 people? No, we have two minutes left. I know, but I, I feel compelled to. You don't have the time me. to do that. I want to know how many of the 600,000 people match the terror watch list.
3: Well, um, uh, Congressman, by definition, they are gotaways. Okay, so
4: you don't know. And so how can you say that the border is secure? It's- it's, the American people aren't buying it. We're not buying it because the deaths that are happening in our communities, I've invited you to come with me. I was in Del Rio the day before you got there, when the 15,000 Haitians were there. I've been to El Paso, I've been to the the Rio Grande Valley. You're gonna hear more on that later. Let's put up another slide because you're not gonna answer that question, but I don't, while we're putting up the next slide, while while we're putting up the next slide, do you maintain that we have operational control of the Southern border?
3: Uh, Congressman, let me just say one thing um, very briefly and then I'll answer your question. (laughs) It is very difficult to answer your question when I'm not given the opportunity to do so. Number one, as my colleagues, and number, have said, and number two, I do feel compelled to correct inaccuracies that are contained in your question for the benefit of the American people. The the accuracies
4: no, are the, the, the facts that I have stated are reported by you uh, uh, and your department.
3: Congressman, so we are dedicated to resourcing the United States Border Patrol with additional personnel, okay. with the, additional technology using barriers advisedly where they are most beneficial.
4: Okay, that, that's not my to question. To deliver right. enhanced
3: security. Mr. Secretary, border. thank
4: you for for that. Um, I've heard you say, and President Biden, and, and, and this is your legacy, okay? The American people can count. We can count. There's a humanitarian crisis at our southern border. I've been down there. You and President Biden have continued to ignore this problem And fiscal year 22 was the deadliest year on record. More than 800 migrants died. Do you remember the 53 that died in a tractor trailer in the heat of July, south of San Antonio, Texas? This is the legacy. The American people are demanding that you secure the border.
0: You have testified under oath today that it is secure. It is not. The gentleman's time has expired. Makes me wonder just think about this for a second. If Alejandro Mayorkas has a wife, think about them having a conversation and, and her trying to get some information, some real important information from her hubby. <laughs> can you imagine what that conversation was, would sound like? Oh my gosh, he can run circles around anybody. I've never heard anybody in a 101 conversation try to get information from him. I've never heard anybody get anything. He pontificates all the time. How, oh how, does this guy still work as the head of Homeland Security? Is it because Joe Biden wants this southern border completely obliterated and everybody to have unfettered access to the United States? Is that why he's doing it? The answer is... That's exactly why he's doing it, and he's doing the job that he was hired to do by Joe Biden. That can't be true. Dan, that's not, you're just drawing a a conclusion that's, it's a conspiracy. You're out there with conspiracy theorists that are saying that. Well, give me another explanation for why he's systematically, ignoring federal immigration law and having people that work for him every day ignore federal immigration law. Didn't he swear an oath to the Constitution? Didn't he tell us he was going to keep us safe? We know we have over 100 people on terrorist watch list that are living among us right now today because Mayorkas wouldn't execute Federal immigration law at the southern border, and he still got the job. Oh my gosh, how is that even possible? How can the Secretary of Homeland Security, who has the sole job of keeping us safe from foreign invaders, protecting us against adversaries, foreign and domestic, and he just does it arbitrarily. I got to be honest with you. I see a very, very obvious scenario in which he gets impeached. The problem is, of course, it probably is going to be a waste of time because the House, which is a majority Democrat, they're not going to send him packing. And he doesn't necessarily need to be impeached. He can be fired. Who hired him? Joe Biden hired him. Joe Biden's the only person that can that can fire him. Is Joe going to do that? (laughs) You know the answer to that. Well, in this hearing, there's another person that appeared that uh, I think it's pretty important for him to answer questions, and he does pretty regularly in front of committees in the House and the Senate, and that would be FBI Director Ray, Christopher Ray. He testified yesterday and uh, he was speaking to the same hearing, House Homeland Security Committee. Christopher Ray he dropped a truth bomb on those members of the House of Representatives. And I want to share that truth bomb with you. But I want to make sure you're ready for it. So I want you to quietly take a big breath. Let's breathe in together. Ah. <sighs> all right, you feel better? Because I'm fixing to drop a tooth a, a tooth bomb, a truth bomb on you. He said, Christopher Wray, director of the FBI, the number one intelligence community on the planet, the FBI, here's what he said. Social media giant TikTok presents a unique threat to United States national security due to its ties to communist China. I'm listening for applause. The director, he deserves the applause because he just dropped that truth bomb on us. Can you believe he's actually testifying to that? We've known about that for two years, not just us. Everybody in the United States, I know moms and dads, that they make sure... TikTok's not even on their kids' cell phones or on their kids' televisions, other computers. Why? TikTok is listening and looking at anything and everything we're posting. And China's looking in. Ray said, I would say that we do have national security concerns, at least from the FBI's perspective about TikTok. They include the possibility that the Chinese government could use it to uh, control data collection on millions of American users or control the recommendation algorithm, which could be used for influence operations if they so chose, or to control software on millions of devices, which gives it opportunity to potentially technically Compromise personal devices. So do you think that, and this is me talking, do you think the Chinese government is doing any of those things? Let's just do, I mean, we've got three of them. Chinese government could use it to control data collection on millions of users. What do you think about it? Check, they're already doing it. Control the recommendation algorithm. Check, they're already doing it or to control software on millions of devices which gives it opportunity to potentially technically compromise personal devices. Check. Check, check, check. And here he is, and they're just now talking about it. They've not done anything about it. He delivered these comments in response to a line of questioning by Representative Diana Harshberger, a Republican from Tennessee, who asked if the Chinese Communist Party which rules China as a single party state, by the way, was actively using bite dance and bite is spelled with a Y, Bite Dance, or TikTok, to surveil American citizens. So the questions directly referenced reporting in October from Forbes magazine, which uncovered a plot by China based employees at TikTok to surveil the location and personal information of specific Americans without any reason. In addition to the already chilling effect of being surveilled, the report has shed light on TikTok's problematic relationship with ByteDance as CCP laws require any data stored within China or by China-owned companies, it's gotta be handed over to the Communist Party if deemed an issue of national security. Can you believe that is happening? Can you believe we even allow TikTok to be used in the United States? And Christopher Ray, with all that we know about TikTok and what we have just heard, ah, uh, you know, we think there may be something going on with TikTok. A bureaucrat that doesn't give a rip about the security of the nation. Now, you can't say that, Dan. Well, if you did, knowing all of this, why hasn't he brought specific actions to Congress to do? We'll leave it there. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Congressman Mike Johnson will join us. Don't go away. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry.
7: The aroma is full bodied, the flavour is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive, yes the drive of luxury is simply infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. Yeah, if you think well, you are familiar with luxury, uh, you haven't driven I'll, an Infinity. Just Infinity, Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly finish. become familiar with luxury and take a luxury mm-hmm. test tour. It's like a okay. test drive, but with more luxury. We invite yeah, you to fine. drive luxury just, to luxury, uh, not for an hour water, or even a day, but for an entire weekend. And, uh, your choice, select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley, and yes, All the luxury is on us Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com And truly become familiar with luxury Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys To a luxury experience like none other LuxuryTestTour.com Drive luxury, drive infinity Infinity of Elk Grove, expect more
3: Yo, some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer Fancy prance, yo But you know what else don't make sense? Buy I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways, fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity-clop,
4: clippity-clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Bye. Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense.
1: In the clown car of the deep state, you will never find a greater den of scum and villainy. You need a hero. Here again, blaster in hand, is Dan
0: Newman. Well, you're listening to the sounds of treading water. (laughs) Taylor Halsey, who is Congressman Mike Johnson's assistant, uh, he answered Mike's phone a few moments ago and asked if they could sit tight for a couple of minutes because they're wrapping something up. And I said, uh, I'll tread water. And I don't know what we'll talk about, but let me just say this. Why don't we, and I'm thinking of issues that we can talk to the congressman about. Um, Okay. Is he there?
2: Hey, Dan. Sorry. Sorry. This is Mike.
0: Hey, I was treading water on air. We're live.
2: Oh man, Sorry about that.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty good at it. Hey, listen, I know we're going to respect your time. I've got a lot of things that people want to ask you about. I just want sure, sure. kind of your brief thoughts about the way the midterms ended up. Um,
2: well, let's let's good news and bad news. Okay. Good right. news is um, let, let's let's uh, be certain about one thing: we we are going to have the House majority. Um, it, it is not nearly going to be the size majority that we wanted and expected. Um, but this is an important point, Dan. You know, this is only the third time in seventy years the American people have voted to to flip the the United States House of Representatives from Democrat to Republican control. You're kidding. And, and that's, um,
0: yeah, yeah. I would have thought it had been many more times than that. No, no.
2: I mean, this is a, it's a difficult uh, feat. And um, now we 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 anticipated a, a big red wave. You and I talked about it. I mean, and, and everybody, all the pollsters, literally every pollster, right, left, and center, agreed on the consensus that that would happen. Historic trends would say that, of course, the the wretched state of every area of public policy under the Biden administration his uh, deep underwater polling numbers. All of that uh, w- would have indicated that, that uh, we'd have it between a 25 and 30 seat majority uh, when it was all said and done. Now, now some of the results are still out right now. I'll just tell you, frankly, we currently anticipate, remember the majority number is 218. So we, I think that we'll have probably 221, 222 Republicans when it's all said and done. Uh, so that's that's a small majority, um, but it's a majority nonetheless. And the good news is that we're going to stop the Biden socialist uh, agenda in its tracks. Um, having the House gives us uh, a couple of really important things. We have the power of the purse strings, of course, so we can uh, we can handle the the funding or or let's say the defunding of some of these crazy policies that have gotten us into all this mess. And of course, also very importantly, the Congress has the constitutional responsibility for oversight. So you're about to see oversight hearings, investigations, accountability uh, that has been long, long overdue, and um, we're we're lining up all those priorities as we speak.
0: We just listened to two of your fellow Republicans yesterday uh, dig in on Homeland Security, May- Mayorkas, and also Chris mm-hmm. Ray was there yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Mayorkas, he's 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 a he's a empty hat. He has no yeah. substance. That he can give to anybody. And it's very obvious the way he is doing things. Well, actually not doing things. It kind of confirms that Democrats just want the borders open and they want to fill it with immigrants so that they can somehow later on give them the citizenship, which comes with the right to vote so they can maintain a permanent majority from now on. Can
2: that's That's exactly right. Yeah.
0: Can those we, are not
2: conspiracy theories. Yeah, go
0: ahead. Those are facts. Can we get rid of Mayorkas in this upcoming Congress?
2: Yeah, look. Um, let me say first, what you just uh, recounted there, summarized, is exactly the the truth. And these are not our theories. These these are these are facts. And and the reason I can say that is that we we have been we do have oversight. I serve on the House Judiciary Committee, as you know, and we have oversight responsibility over Department of Justice and uh, Department of Homeland Security. We've had Mayorkas in front of us twice over the last two years. They try to hide him from us because Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and I and others just uh, go straight into him. And I've got a couple of uh, clips of viral videos that you may have seen, I'll send you, but I've got a five minute summation where I just went after him. I mean, this is like four months after he took the job because it became apparent to us right out of the, the blocks that he was not just unqualified, um, he 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 did this intentionally. They opened the border intentionally. He is the architect of these policies, and um, they are intentionally, in doing so, pursuing that agenda. They are openly violating federal immigration law every single day, and they have for two years. You know, and so we all know what it's yielded. I don't need to bore your audience with the stats and the and the distress it's caused our country because you you're they're well informed and you talk about it all the time. But so um, yes, they want to turn them into voters. I have another hour video where I got. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, the Democrat chairman, to admit in about hour 11 of a marathon hearing when he was worn down and his his defenses were low. And I asked him, frankly, about midnight. um, There's like four people left in the hearing. It's still being broadcast on C-SPAN and we're still on the record. And I said, Mr. Chairman, can I just ask you, my, my constituents back home in Louisiana just want to know this simple question. Why? Why would you all willingly allow the border to be overrun? I mean, is it? Isn't it true? I mean, you just they're gonna become voters for your side, right? And he and he goes, because that's what they're doing in New York, by the way. He represents part of Manhattan and they, they allow illegals to vote in municipal elections in New York. They've been doing this. And um, and he frankly admitted, Well, yeah, I wish every I wish all of America could do what New York's doing. And I went, There it is, right there. You know, so we clipped it and sent it around. And so look, they're on record, uh, Dan, that's what they want to do. So the question is a good one. What what can we do about it now that we have the majority? The American people have delivered us the authority to do oversight, and I'm going to tell you that Mayorkas Day is coming. Um, We're going to begin hearings. The the new Congress begins January 3rd. That's when we take our oath. Um, We're going to start in earnest right out of the blocks uh, investigating that vigorously. These will be televised hearings. We're going to bring Mayorkas in. He will not be able to dance around these issues when we have the gavel. And uh, look, I I personally believe – I mean I'm on record many times – I told him – in the hearing on this video that he needed to get his resume ready because I believe he's committed impeachable offenses. Um, we're, we're not going to do this for, for political retribution. We're not the Democrats. We don't cheapen the system. But we do have a responsibility to find the truth and follow the truth where it leads. And I'm, I'm convinced, uh, from what I know, that that truth is going to lead him to removal from office. So you'll see that in short order.
0: That's Mayorkas. Christopher Ray yes. was there, and he just finally acknowledged that TikTok may be a threat to our national security. Oh, and, yeah! Welcome and, to the party. And my my little grandsons know that and have known that forever, but he's the FBI director, and he's doing nothing. Yeah. He's doing nothing. Nothing. Is there something nothing. that we're going to be able to do in this Congress regarding Mr. Ray?
2: Yeah, he is right behind Mayorkas, and the priority are, are unequal. Basis with Mayorkas, and um, uh, I believe he's corrupt. Um, I believe he's lied under oath. Um, You know, we we published um, our committee. uh, Jim Jordan and I and a couple of others put together a 1,000-page report that dropped about four days before the election. It took us that long to compile it all, but we've had whistleblowers from inside the FBI who've been coming forward over the last calendar year. Um, to report to us all the scandalous things that are happening inside that agency. It is not the rank and file uh, uh, agents, FBI officials uh, at the at the you know at the more regional local level. It is the it's the handful of people at the top, and that's what's wrong with all these agencies. It's you know you have corrupt officials at the top, and uh, that report um, is out there. It it is uh, it documents all these abuses. It summarizes everything, and then it has. Uh, excerpts from the whistleblowers, FBI agents who have come forward to tell us what they know, that is going to open a floodgate. That's going to be the basis for a whole separate line of investigation. And Mr. Ray is um, in, in the square in the center of all that.
0: We could stay on this topic, that particular one, for the you know the whole next hour. I don't want to do that. I want to honor your time with us, and I appreciate you giving it to us. I get a lot of input from people that are saying, when you talk to Congressman Johnson, would you ask him? If this is the Congress that is really the House that's controlled now by, uh, will be by Republicans, if they're really going to get things done beyond trying to get rid of some of these bad actors, which is important. But regarding Mm -hmm. legislation and the big things out there, inflation, uh, here in our home city, we have shortages of toilet paper still and baby formula. Or yes. is the house yes. going to be able to take any actions that can maybe alleviate some of that? Well, there, so
2: that's a great question. So here's here's the answer. Um, it, it 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 depends. I mean, we that certainly is our our priority. Uh, we made a you know four point commitment to America. Our our intention is to go and fulfill that as as quickly as we can. I believe we can keep. This razor-thin majority together, all the Republicans on on some key pieces of that. I mean, our first bill right out of the blocks will be to repeal the eighty-seven thousand IRS agents, and and we'll go from there. We're going to do energy policy. We're going to try to bring down the prices of of, uh, of fuel and, and energy, and 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 that's that's a key to about thirty percent of the economy right there. Um, we're we're going to pass very big you know crime, uh, immigration, all these things. You're going to see the Republican House pass meaningful legislation to uh, advance these these priorities and try to fix the country. Now, the question is, can they ever be signed into law? We have two hurdles, of course, in our in our bicameral system. We've gotta get it through the Senate. And because the Senate will have a razor thin, uh, well, it'll actually be split, and the Democrats will have a razor thin majority there. We believe we're gonna win Herschel Walker's runoff in December. He's gonna beat Warnock, so you'll have a 50-50 tie Republican Democrat. And in that scenario, in our constitutional system, of course, the tie is broken by the vice president so kamala harris will be very uh called into action uh, a lot i fear uh over the next two years um so we we have to be realistic about the prospects of our of our reform measures being being passed through the senate but because you, you, it requires a 60 vote uh threshold because of the filibuster uh, for, for meaningful uh, legislation like that. So it, it's unlikely in this environment that you're going to get 10 Democrats to go along with us on any of the things I just listed. So that's the reality. I mean, that's what we're up against, but even if we got it through the Senate, then we still have, of course, Joe Biden in the white house and he'll be tempted to veto it. Now, you know, the, the question that you and I've discussed in recent weeks is, and the big question that we don't yet know is, is, um, you know, the president in a scenario like this has an opportunity to do good by the American people. When when Newt Gingrich and the Republicans took control of the, of the House for the first time in 40 years back in 94, Bill Clinton never saw the light, but he felt the heat of that election. He came to Newt and he said, hey, let's work together. I'll moderate my views effectively is what he did. He went against his own staff and the, the, the establishment on the left. And he said, I'm going to work and, and do some things because it's about my legacy. He did it selfishly perhaps, but he did it. So they got welfare reform. They got – you know the you know the the first uh, eight points of the contract with America done the first hundred days you know because Bill Clinton agreed and signed things into law so the big question here is would Joe Biden does he even have it within him to do that with the with the with the radical left that advises him every day allow him and and I'm afraid the answer to both those questions is no and he gave us a hint of that last week when he came out and said I'm not going to change anything you know I'm I'm going nope I'm going to change anything so. I fear that we're in for some gridlock uh, for the next two years. But but Dan, I'll just say this, that all of that, of course, then le- leans into the fateful 2024 election for president and the Congress, the Senate uh, in two years. And we will draw a sharp contrast for these two years. We will play defense vigorously. We'll stop their agenda. But I don't know how much of ours will be able to advance until we take it all back in 24.
0: The presidency in 2024, that's the last topic I had here to uh, discuss with you. I know you have a close personal relationship with former president Donald Trump. He made his announcement last night that he is running for the Republican nomination for 2024. What are your thoughts about that?
2: Well, I, I, I can't focus on it yet, you know, because we're, we're, our focus right now has to be on governing, not the next election. We're, we still have dust settling from the midterms and, Right now, I'm literally 100% focused on getting our team ready and in place to start the 118th Congress. We've got a lot to do for the 23, right? So last you're, night, you're I mean, tap, literally last
0: night. You're tap dancing. You're well, tap no, dancing. I'll
2: tell you. I'll tell you what I think. I mean, last night I just got elected vice chairman of the House of Republicans. Right. So this this going be the number five leadership position. Um, I, I got my hands full. And so um, I, I'll say this. I mean, obviously, I was on – team trump i mean i was yeah i was one of his lawyers i you know helped defend him twice in the sham impeachments and you know traveled around the country with him i was a campaign surrogate you know um he was a phenomenal president we achieved so many good results for the american people he's going to be a formidable candidate you know the the the, the open question this morning is um are some of these others who are interested in running going to throw their hats in as well i mean i'm, I'm very close with ron DeSantis. we served together on the house judiciary committee before he left and went to run for governor in florida uh, I'm very close to Mike Pence. I mean, a close friend. You know, um, uh, Mike Pompeo is a fantastic uh, guy and a statesman and a friend. I mean, you know, I'm I'm close to to a lot of the names, that a lot of the people that are being mentioned. And so, I don't know what all how all that's going to develop. None of us do. And so. It's just very interesting times. It's great. I, I will say this. On our side, we have an embarrassment of riches, Dan. You know, unlike the Democrats, they got nobody. Their bench is so short. They're, they're trying to draft Pete Buttigieg, you know, and, and, and Gavin Newsom, bring it, <laughs> no. you know. I mean, so, so on our, our side, we have all these really strong leaders who, each of them in their own right, would be a great president. So I, I just don't know how it's going to develop. It's, 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 very, it's very interesting times.
0: The thing that troubles me about this is, is unification. Um, Right. The American people do not need a presidential race in 2024 where the Republican Party has all this infighting going on. I don't know if you saw or heard about it this morning on Fox and Friends. Uh, Pence was on there this morning, and he was talking about the book that's coming out. Of course, that's why he was there. And uh, Mm -hmm. they asked him some pretty tough questions and some questions about Trump. And he made the statement that... There are are better choices out there for 2024 than Trump, (laughs) which surprised me. I missed that. But uh, it surprised me, but he said it. So I'm just concerned, and I'm not the voice of anybody. I get callers and texts and all that kind of stuff that uh, they're concerned about having a horribly ugly election that goes on. And those that you mentioned, Ron DeSantis, he doesn't run from a fight. Uh, No, he's not going to do that and the others that you mentioned everybody's going to be okay with the fight and we're t- the american people want us to fight against democrats and yeah, you know get right. consensus out there so that we can do some stuff this is really you, you know in, in the last, You the know what I wish I, go ahead
2: yeah last night i was sitting in the in the in the congressional auditorium with all of our republican uh, members and we were going through our our own leadership elections and i said you know we had some healthy contests here we had a couple of races for for offices that were you know three way offices for the conference chair. There was a vigorous uh, uh, race for for the Republican whip. There was a three way contest for Republican secretary. I ran unopposed. I guess I don't know why, but the, the others were very vigorous. So, um, but but here's the thing: like I was sitting with my colleagues from around the country, from different uh, d- different parts on the conservative spectrum. I thought, you know, what's really healthy about this? Everybody's following Reagan's eleventh commandment here. You know, these are, these are gentlemanly, gentlewomanly contests. They're not going after each other. They're not demeaning their competition. They're just presenting their case or why they're the best. This is how it's supposed to work. You know, as conservatives, free market people, we believe in the free marketplace of ideas. We believe in vigorous debate and competition. That could be healthy, but only if you follow the rules. I mean, that's what that's what Reagan was talking about. Don't blast your fellow Republicans. Don't don't attack your fellow conservatives. We're all on the same team, right? So it's okay to have a, a thoughtful debate and discussion about who the best leader will be, but don't burn one another down in the process, right? So I'm surely I'm, – I'm very, very much hopeful that we could get back to some of that because it would be healthy for the country, healthy for the party and everybody involved. So let's see, Dan. I'm not sure. And buckle so, your seatbelt.
0: <laughs> somebody's got to put the best foot forward and kind of lead this thing and it's not going to be the president of the united states you think kevin mccarthy right. is the guy i mean do you think he can do that and will do that
2: um well look i, I kevin is a close friend of mine he's a california uh conservative and republican and uh he worked harder it's this is beyond dispute i mean he worked harder than anybody ever has. He raised a half a billion dollars in this election cycle. I mean, it's, it's like almost unimaginable. And um, he went to almost everybody's district. Um, You know, he he's, you could say on paper, he has earned the privilege of serving as our speaker. Now, a lot of people in the base are, are, you know, disappointed with the ultimate results and and they, they don't have a lot of trust in, in Kevin and all that. But, you know, he, he won the, the election last night and the, in the auditorium, at least the majority he needed to advance towards that race. Um, but you need 218 votes to become the speaker. And there'll be lots of palace intrigue and articles written and discussions between now and you know, over the next 40 days till we get to January 3rd about whether or not he can cobble together the necessary votes. He lost 31 last night. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it's just that these are crazy times for the country. Uh, and uh, we we really don't know what's going to happen day to day right now.
0: Final question. Your name has been mentioned, and I know you you last night were elected to stay in the role you were in. Um, Your name was mentioned by a lot of people at a lot of places about possibly House Speaker. What are your thoughts?
2: I I, I don't think about that. You know, I mean, I really don't. Honestly, and you know me, Dan. I mean, my role, I'm trying to be faithful in the little things that are put before me today. I got enough on my plate, you know. I'm not running for anything. I'm not vying for that. I'm just trying to keep our team together and move forward. We got a lot of work to do for the country and, and I got my, my, uh, my plate full. So I'm, I am, uh, that, that is the, that my honest answer from my heart of hearts, man. I, I'm not, um,
0: I know I'm you not aspiring. For I know that right you now. and I know you're not lying. Hey, Hey, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming aboard. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Would you, Great tell, to talk with you. T- tell Taylor to send me those videos if you would? Yeah, I will. I will. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate Great. it. Thank you, Congressman Mike Johnson. Okay. He's always uh, he's always good to come with us. We have him on uh, pretty much once or twice a month, and uh, he's right in the heat of things. As he just said, he's the fifth most powerful re- Republican in the U.S. Congress. Uh, you can't poopa that, can you? Take a moment. Let me take a moment. We'll be back after this, and we're not done. we got a bunch of really important things we got to discuss.
4: Headed north on a one-way trip. I never thought I'd be back this way. I never
3: thought I'd be missing you. Enough to suffer for the whole night
1: through. Headed south, and I didn't look back. I rode the wind.
0: In the middle of a show, a two-hour show, listen to a good song by Chicago. Well, for those of you that missed it, we had Congressman Mike Johnson on with us at the top of the hour, and he filled us in on a lot of goodies. If you missed any of that, you can grab this entire show every day. It's real easy to find it. Uh, I'll miss I'll miss one or two of them, but I'll tell you where they are: Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Stitcher. Tune in, Google Podcast, Amazon Prime Music, and what else am I missing? Facebook, even, on uh, Truth News Network's uh, page on Facebook. You can get every show, every show we've ever done. You can get them there. They don't cost you anything if you have uh, subscriptions to any of those. If you're like a Spotify or an Apple person, you've got the apps on your phone. You can just go pull them up. And grab that. And by the way, you can download them free of charge. We're fine with that. No problem. And uh, you can even pull out the mp 3 format, which is easy to edit. For those of you techies out there, you can edit it. You could go up to the conversation with Mike Johnson and just clip that conversation. Although we kind of want you to stay with the whole thing. You know, we're kind of glad you're with us and we want to keep you around. So post-election, as Mike just told us, uh, both sides of the aisle are trying to get all their stuff together, leadership and all of that. Mitch McConnell, he's the minority leader in the Senate. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. He's been uh, the leader in the Senate for the Republican Party for a lot of years, and he's running to keep that position. Well, he's facing a little bit of pushback because a lot of people don't like what he has done. Did you hear what he did in the midterm elections? Listen to what he did. He's got a massive PAC, Political Action Committee, and they got big bucks. And he got all kinds of contributions coming in. You know, they're not. you can't give to a political campaign and tell the campaign how you want them to spend that money and demand they do it this way or that way. That doesn't work. You can't do that. But what you can do is give it to specific people and not from the PAC. But that PAC, they can spend it. If you just give a blanket contribution, they can spend it however they want. What Mitch McConnell did, I think, to be honest with you, is extremely dishonest. He took money that he had committed to give to some Republican candidates for their campaign around the nation. And he just welched on that later. He didn't give all the money, and he spent the money elsewhere. Blake Masters, who looked like was going to be a shoe-in to beat Kelly in the Senate race out there in Arizona, and about two weeks, three weeks before the election, Mitch just stopped supporting, took money away that he promised that he was going to spend, and there were other races like that. Well, Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott from Florida, He announced he's going to challenge McConnell for the Republican Senate leader. McConnell, when he heard about it, he said, I have the votes. I will be elected. The only issue is whether we do it sooner or later. Now, he's talking about the December 6th runoff election down in Georgia that Congressman Johnson mentioned. Herschel Walker is running against the incumbent, Raphael Warnock. And uh, it's going to be a close race. The general election was very, very close. Uh, Warnock finished a little bit ahead of Herschel Walker. And again, he's a Democrat, Warnock. He's got pot loads full of money. And you can bet the Democrats are going to throw a bunch of money from Washington, D.C. at that election. Why? If they get that seat in the Senate... It's a real majority for the Democrats, and they don't have to deal with this 50-50 tie on any issue. And that's going to be a costly thing if it happens. Do you realize if they have that power, what they can do? Forget about the filibuster. It's gone. They'll be able to ramrod any and every piece of legislation they want through the Senate without a single Republican vote in support. But that's not the worst of it. That would give them unilateral authority to change the structure of the Supreme Court. Now, what would that mean? They could throw another three, another five, another seven Supreme Court justice positions in there, and of course, Joe Biden as president, he would appoint all of the hardcore leftists that they want from the Senate, the Democrats, and we could forget about that the Supreme Court, ever being partial in any issue that comes before it. It's going to be all far left. They could change everything. That's crazy, folks, but they can do it. But probably even worse than that is that will give Joe Biden unilateral power to appoint and the Senate would confirm any judge in any district court or appeals court around the nation – that Joe Biden wants to, and the Republicans can't say a word. So, if you know anybody in Georgia, reach out to them and make sure they understand the seriousness of this election between Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, and Herschel Walker, the Republican. And if you don't live in Georgia, find a way to send Herschel Walker's campaign some money. Doesn't matter if it's five or ten dollars or. reach out to the campaign. They're doing good, doing well, but they need all of our help. Um, And this Mitch McConnell thing for leader, or Rick Scott, I think Rick Scott would be a good leader. I've had some problems with Rick, some things he's done, a lot of things that he's said, but I'm tired of Mitch McConnell manipulating for purely political purposes the operations of the United States Senate. And he has the power to do that. And as long as he's a leader of the party, those senators elected him to be the minority leader. And he's he's pushing hard to get that position back for the same reasons. Let me let me ask you this have you kept up with this FTX cryptocurrency thing? I mean, I'm I'm I've got a little money invested in crypto. I told you the story years ago, my first exposure to it was when those Russian hackers locked down my company's computer system. And it was a really serious thing for us because we do work for hospitals all over the nation. And most of that work we do is online and we're given a portal to get into their networks in the hospitals. And so I didn't know if, or if not, them hacking into our computer system would just open up the door for them to go into all these hospital systems. Thankfully, that didn't happen, but it was a um, it was a scam. We had to pay them in in uh, cryptocurrency, and I'm I think it was Bitcoin. I'm positive it was Bitcoin. I didn't know anything about Bitcoin. I didn't know anything about cryptocurrency. My IT director didn't either. So this was about ten years ago, I guess, maybe longer than that. I had to go to our bank and find out how to get Bitcoin. <laughs> they, they told me they could facilitate that. And then I didn't have any idea how much Bitcoin cost. So I forget how many Bitcoins they demanded uh, to release our computer network. But whatever it was, I got more than that and uh, paid it. And they released everything pretty quickly. So it worked out for the good. That doesn't happen all along the founder of this FTX crypto firm, Sam Bankman Freed. He's like 30 years old. And he funneled just saying maximum donation to somebody in this midterm election race. And this guy is Nancy Pelosi's likely successor in the House. So Sam Bankman-Fried donated the maximum amount that an individual can give to a candidate that looks like might replace Nancy Pelosi, a Speaker of the House. And so that maximum amount was $5,800. Bankman-Fried donated that to Representative Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat from New York. And that happened in July of 2021, according to Federal Election Commission data. So it was relatively tiny, $5,800, compared to the roughly $38 million that he funded. He funded $38 million to candidates in political action committees, PACs, ahead of the midterm elections. And every one of them was a Democrat. million, and it all came from cryptocurrency, guess what, that wasn't his. According to the Federal Election Commission, you and I, as individuals, we can only give $2,900 per candidate per election, but individuals can combine two maximum contributions into a single donation of $5,800 since primaries and general elections count as two separate elections. Hakeem Jeffries was the only House candidate who Bankman Freed gave $5,800 to the max. He donated the same amount to various Democrat and Republican senators in both 2021 and 2022. Jeffries is currently the fifth highest ranked Democrat in the House. Now, if you don't remember who he is, I'm going to tell you this. He is the nastiest and he is the vilest-looking member of the House of Representatives. He's got piercing eyes. He's African-American, tall, slender, and he went after Donald Trump in every possible way and said every nasty negative thing about Donald Trump that he could. He was one of the uh, House managers that were involved in creating those articles of impeachment both times to use against Donald Trump. And so I can see him being the guy, but there are other people out there that could do just as vile things as probably will Hakeem Jeffries. There's nothing I would ever do to impede the progress of our up-and-coming young Democrats, and I see him as an up-and-coming young Democrat. That is House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, and he's talking about Hakeem Jeffries, now, Clyburn is a Democrat from South Carolina, but he's up there in age. But he is a very entrenched Democrat leader in the House of Representatives. Clyburn said he knows that, talking about Jeffries. I didn't have to tell him that, but I did. Bankman-Fried's donation to Jeffries was just a small slice of his overall giving during the midterm election cycle. The majority of that $38 million It went in donations sent to Protect Our Future PAC and House Majority PAC, both of which exclusively support and supported Democrat candidates. Those donations made him the second largest donor to Democrats in the cycle. Guess who was number one? Tell me. You know who? Uncle George, George Soros. He donated nearly $127 million. Meanwhile, a massive liquidity crisis has forced FTX to file for bankruptcy last week. So in doing that, Bankman-Fried's net worth dropped from an estimated $15.6 billion to no material wealth. I mean, in other words, it's somewhere around zero, but it could be way less than zero from $15.6 billion. That's according to Bloomberg. The former billionaire admitted on Thursday that he had effed up. Now, you would think because FTX, his company, was like a clearinghouse and they processed and managed investments in cryptocurrency from people like you and me. Now, he didn't just have $15.6 billion that he made in cryptocurrency. That $15.6 billion came from people like you and me. It's not supposed to be structured that way. And so guess what? The U.S. federal government, as they should, are trying to get him and bring him back for prosecution. And Bankman Freed is somewhere in the Bahamas. And so the feds are looking for him, and they are already saying, we want him extradited. And they've reached out, talking to the leaders in the Bahamas, to do just that, to turn him over to the U.S. I just hope, I hope that that money for those investors, and there are some real high-level people, even people in our government that invested in it, but there are a lot of moms and pops out there that did too. I hope they can find all that. So let's move on. You know who we don't hear much about lately? Pocahontas. I'm talking about Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat from Massachusetts, and you know where she got the tag, Pocahontas. Donald Trump gave it to her a long time ago, and it was because she was caught up in a scandal because she claimed she was of African uh, excuse me, Uh, Native American descent, an Indian, uh, when she applied for her job to teach at Harvard University, I believe. And she didn't. And the reason she did that was she got an inside scoop because she was Native American. So anyway, Twitter fact-checked a tweet that she put out day before yesterday to give readers more context about her claim on President Joe Biden's ability to cancel student debt. You remember, I think it was two years ago, but anyway, recently we played a soundbite from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in which she said publicly, no president can cancel student debt. He can delay payment and repayment on some of that, but he cannot legally cancel student debt. Of course, Joe Biden doesn't give a rip about that. He's not making these things up and creating these uh, legislative things that he's doing. He's just the messenger. I don't know if it's Ron Klain in his office. I don't know if it's Barack Obama around the corner from the White House. I don't know, but you can bet your bippy. None of this stuff is coming out of Joe Biden's head. And this cancellation of student debt, Barack Obama, he initiated it He was the one, it used to all, all student debt was basically owned by banks and banking institutions around the nation. I have no idea, or I had no idea why during the second Joe Biden, Barack Obama administration, their second four years, they took control of all student debt. So these institutions just gave all that debt to the federal government. People that are much smarter than me, one you heard on the phone just a little bit ago, believes that that was a concerted effort to be able to have that in an arrow to use during this election cycle, to be able to buy some votes by promising Joe Biden's gonna cancel that student debt. Well, he tried, did Biden, and there are two lawsuits that have already been filed one of which I'm sure will make its way to the Supreme Court, and Joe Biden and everybody else is going to be told he can't do it. That hasn't stopped Elizabeth Warren. She's out there touting that he has that power. Let's be clear. President Biden has the legal authority to cancel student debt. Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren, tweeted that Monday morning, Republican officials need to get out of the way so Americans can get this much-needed relief. Underneath her tweet, the social media platform Twitter, add clarification about the president's authority on such matters. Twitter first made reference to a June 14, 2021 article in politifact.com about whether this president or any president can cancel student loan debt just using an executive order. And here's the quote of what was put there. And it's still there, by the way. Experts disagree on whether the president can authorize widespread debt cancellation through an executive order. The article then goes on to say, there's enough of a legal question there that any move by the president would likely prompt litigation, experts said. Duh! People couldn't wait for that executive order to be issued. There were two lawsuits I know of that were already written, ready to be sent and filed into court, and they were. Twitter also referenced an article from CBS about one federal appeals court blocking the Biden administration's plan to forgive student loans. The Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals in October temporarily blocked the student loan forgiveness program in response to an emergency motion. Now, his plan calls for up to $20,000 in student loan debt for Pell Grant recipients and up to $10,000 for others who borrowed using federal student loans. It's estimated to cost taxpayers more than $400 billion. That number, by the way, folks, that's Democrat math. Real experts say that it will cost at least double that and maybe close to a trillion dollars if it should come to pass. Several lawsuits have been filed already. Federal judge in Texas shot down Biden's plan last Thursday in a case brought on by the Job Creators Network Foundation. They filed the suit in U.S. District Court of Northern District of Texas, and they are arguing that they were denied due process to object to the move during a comment period. Whether the program constitutes good public policies is not the role of the court to determine. That came from U.S. District Judge Mark Pittman last week. Still, no one can plausibly deny that it is either one of the largest delegations of legislative power to the executive branch or one of the largest exercises of legislative power without congressional authority in the history of the United States. What do you think is going to happen with that? <laughs> I think, I, th- I thank God that we have, and the Supreme Court is not supposed to be partisan, but you and I both know it is. I am thankful that we have free thinking justice in the Supreme Court now that want to and will every time and every bit of legislation that comes before them, I'm sure, they will do it based on the rule of law, the law as is set out in the United States Constitution. And I believe they're going to totally eliminate the idea of canceling student debt by the president. If it's going to happen, it's got to come through the House of Representatives, then the Senate then go to a president's desk. And that's why it's never happened before. There's been no way to get it done. And it does not make sense. It just doesn't. There are people out there that didn't go to college because they couldn't afford it. And they didn't borrow a bunch of money to go. And this bill would make those people, and people like you and me, make us pay it back. How can you justify doing that? I mean, it it there's no fairness there. What you really should call that is an advanced form of socialism, where everybody puts into a pool to take care of what everybody has in the way of needs. Somebody loses in that one. And if this thing should go the way Joe Biden's put it out there and Elizabeth Warren is preaching that this is the way we ought to do it, it's going to make our inflation not only stay high, it's going to zoom even higher. When we come back, i got a story that probably will blow your mind. It's coming out of Maricopa County today. Yeah, that's Phoenix, and guess what it's about? Problems in the midterm voting. Now, this is a big deal. Why? Well, it's always a big deal if there's any kind of irregularity or voting fraud, manipulation going on in any election. But it's coming out of Maricopa County. And we have some very close races there. And one of those races determines who controls the Senate. That's up right after this.
5: When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and
7: upgrade to DirecTV. Call one 800 directv tv Ah, luxury. The aroma is full bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive Yes, the drive of luxury is simply infinity introducing the infinity luxury test tour if you think you are familiar with luxury you haven't driven an infinity infinity of elk grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour it's like a test drive but with more luxury we invite you to drive luxury to luxury not for an hour or even a day but for an entire weekend your choice select your infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in lake tahoe or napa valley and yes all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. Yo,
3: some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo! But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways, fancy prance, you heard?
2: Yeah.
3: Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Yo, I just
1: whispered
6: all of y'all. Too easy.
4: Bye. Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense.
1: In the (laughs) clown car of the deep state, you will never find a greater den of scum and villainy. You need a hero. Here again, blaster in hand, is Dan Newman.
0: Well, well, well. Maricopa County, the epicenter of election problems. It happened in 2020, and apparently, I haven't heard much about this until this morning, but apparently... It happened in Maricopa County again. There are widespread irregularities that are being reported that will mar Election Day again in Arizona. And because of that, guess what? There's a possibility of recounts in some of the state races that have yet to be called. Sadly for you Republicans, that does not include the Senate race. The elections for Attorney General, Superintendent of Public Instruction have yet to be decided there. Nearly 2.5 million votes have been counted, which is estimated to be more than 95% of the total. As of last night, Republican Attorney General Candidate Abraham Hamadis was trailing Democrat nominee Chris Mays by 771 votes. That's according to the unofficial results reported by the Arizona Secretary of State the percentage of each candidate was (laughs) 50.0. Can't be much closer than that, right? In the superintendent race, which is a big one, superintendent of education, Republican nominee Tom Horn led Democrat incumbent Kathy Hoffman by 8,576 votes, which is 0.4% of the vote recounts cannot be requested by candidates or members of the public in Arizona, but rather are triggered if there is less than or equal to half of 1% of the total number of votes between the two top candidates, which is five times greater than the previous threshold of 0.1%, explains the Secretary of State website. The change occurred after a new law took effect this year following Biden's 0.3% margin of victory over Trump in 2020. In the governor's race, Carrie Lake was trailing Secretary of State Katie Hobbs by just 0.7% as of Tuesday night. That's just shy of the trigger for an automatic recount. Carrie Lake tweeted Monday night, following a wave of media projections, calling the election for Hobbs. Arizonans know BS when they see it. Maricopa, uh, Maricopa County Elections Department said a random hand count audit on Saturday validated the accuracy of the tabulation system and a logic and accuracy test of tabulation equipment is going to follow next week to verify the machine counted accurately. Now let me tell you what was sent to me this morning. It's a, a live video and uh, it came while we were on the air. I'm not sure, I can't, I don't know if it's in Maricopa County, but it's a young woman standing in front of a voting machine, electronic voting machine, and she said, let me show you how easy it is to hack a voting machine, and it's a voting machine by Pioneer, and she said 18 states used this machine, and she very quickly just pushed a button on top of the screen, pulled it straight down she reached inside and released a hard drive. And what that hard drive is, is it stores election results that somebody locally can pull to do an audit, plug it in a computer and do an audit. Now tell me it wouldn't be easy to take that hard drive, stick it in somewhere where they've created a way A pathway to manipulate votes and do that quickly. They know the machines already. They could just grab this hard drive and plug it up. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here, folks. You guys have a great Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow morning here at TNN Live at 9 a.m.
1: I can think of younger days when living for my life. Was everything a man could want to do? I could never see to one.
3: But when Please help me Man
4: My broken heart
1: And let me live Again I can still feel the breeze That rustles through the trees And misty memories of days gone by We could never
4: see too much